it's just a script that could have like you literally could have put in anything in the place of Pikachu in the Pokemon. Hold the fuck up! Sparkling a liquid death now has a black can. Uh, is in sparkling? Sparkling water. Oh shit! This changes everything. Actually, that changes everything. Now I'll buy it. Straight up, is I buy sparkling water. Oh shit! I'm one of those people. I have to buy another fucking paper bag to put my sp- put my liquid death in, so I have a full set. Oh my god! <laughs> you got me, liquid death. You got me. See, that's the thing they should have come out with in the first place. I feel no, like. no, they shouldn't have, because I don't like sparkling water, but I will fucking buy a case of this shit because it comes in black cans that say liquid goddamn death on them. Yeah, now I'm interested. Definitely. First you had my attention, now you have my erection, liquid death. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. A bigger, blacker can? I don't know. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 191. Oh god, we've done too many of these. We need to be stopped. A, a, a better set of people would have ended this long ago. Our internet abuse is now almost at the 200 mark, which means it's almost at 250, which means it's almost at 500, which means it's almost at 1,000. Means it's almost by proxy, almost at a million, and well, we have been wasting the internet, boys. I like to think that all of those uh, pixels and electrons have have found some sort of happiness in ending up on our podcast, like a halfway house for pixels and bits. <laughs> halfway house for degenerate data. Yeah. You have to go through the system. What's that mean? Well, you're going to be part of the Wicked Awesome cast storage system initially. Man, I tried to get out of prison. You're sending me back in? No, no, we're sending you to a halfway house. It's way worse. (laughs) You have the illusion of being part of society, but you're not. You're on a fucking podcast by degenerates. Yeah. Or as some might say, degens. Degenerate Data, a new band name called it. I thought that's already a band out there already. No, it's my band, and I own it now. There's already Degeneration X, you know, DX. That's the wrestling group of people from the 2000s who are going in the Hall of Fame this year, by the way. Are they? That's cool. In the WWE Hall of Fame as a group. They've started doing that now, too. Well, Alex, you're safe. There is no band called Degeneration Data, but there is a Blink-182 song called that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you'd appreciate that, given all the effort you put into episode 182 a couple months ago at this point. Yeah, the the, the puns for the, the Blink-182. Yeah. Moving on! <laughs> and there's also Green Day. Who? The Green Day joke. Who? I forget that, too. <laughs> so there's yeah, not a band named Green Day. That'd be a dumb name for a band. It's a great band name. Don't worry, Charlie. I'll remind you about them throughout the podcast now. Great. What have y'all been up to? Uh, I guess I'll go first real quick here. How is the I, man uh, cave shaping up? It's still kind of coming together. So this week I'm actually here by myself. Mandy had to fly into uh, California for uh, something I'd rather not talk about. Fair enough. Personal reasons. Okay. Yes. So I have been alone here for the last couple of days. And it's getting awkward. Um, the Roomba has a face and is now my friend. 
and occasionally the Roomba will swing by and we'll talk for a bit and it'll go back to its home documentation. I'll send you a picture of the face. That but... is some sadness, man. <laughs> well, don't you have a bunch of deadly animals, too? Yeah, it's me, the deadly animals, and the two dogs. So the dogs have been sleeping and in the And the Roomba! Don't forget me. the Roomba! The Roomba's yeah. my friend. Don't you dare disparage the Roomba. Okay? <laughs> and it's named after my favorite character from Parks and Rec, DJ Roomba. So... <laughs> oh, come on. Have better names for Roombas than DJ Roomba. DJ Roomba is its name, and it's great because when I tell Google Home to go, it says activating DJ Roomba, and then it starts. <laughs> so, it's great. Uh... But yes, it has a face, and we're friends. Are it you? It up dog hair. I have dog. It works. It's a good, a good friendship. So, uh, I'm, I'm afraid that uh, the house will burn down at some point just because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm unsupervised, and I need an adult help. <laughs> Right, this is your first time alone in a house that you own. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, to be honest, this is the first time I've been alone at home while Mandy's been out. So, um, mainly because, like, since Mandy and I have been together, um, it's always me having to go down to California or up to Oregon for an interview. It's never been the other way, where she's the one who's traveling and I'm the one who's home so this is actually the first time in our whole relationship that's a thing so it's oh. odd <laughs> yeah so it's like it, it's i i yeah it, it's you know it's gonna get really sappy here but you don't realize how much you miss someone until they're actually not like around to talk to you randomly so like even though when i'm here playing video games for hours on end occasionally i go over and bother mandy or say something she's not here and it's awkward so I have to talk to DJ Roomba. But yes. Have you, have you like made a mannequin out yet out of all of her clothing or something that you talk to <laughs> and take on dates and be weird with? No. Luckily, though, um, DJ Roomba has found strands of her hair. So I'm slowly putting together a doll that way. And once I have enough, I'm going to put hair on the Roomba so that it, it also travels around. Has Won't the Roomba on... suck up its own hair then, though? Not if you put it on the sides and keep it out of the vents. I've thought this through, Charlie. You've thought this, this through a little crazy. too much. <laughs> this is not crazy. I have thought this through. Uh, it sounds pretty crazy to me, but... It, it's not crazy, and DJ Roomba does not appreciate your negative connotations here, friend. Sorry, I'm just defensive of my one friend that I have here. I, I really hope your girlfriend gets back soon, so... <laughs> <laughs> like, cut to two weeks from now. Hey, Charlie, I'm getting married. Isn't Mandy still in L.A.? Yeah. What are you marrying, Alex? Clothing pile, Mandy. No, it, I'm marrying the Roomba. It swept me off my feet. Oh. <laughs> and Alex's part of this week is now ended. Yes! yes! Uh, uh, thanks for talking, Alex. Henry, what have you been up to? High five! <laughs> All right, so I was watching a show on Crunchyroll, as I generally do. I was watching the new season of Isekai Quartet. And for those that don't know, so, all right, so we've already got to have an episode where we got to actually. At where least does explain this Isekai what... take place? It's, all right, so it's kind of a meta Isekai. So the way this show works is. Everything about the subscription I already hate. <laughs> it's, it brings together the people. 
the cast from several isekai shows, like multiple ones, like five different shows, and puts them all into a Japanese high school as students. Like, actually the characters or references to actually, the characters that you actually... No. No, actually, the characters, like, they still have all their magical powers and all that okay. bullshit. Okay. So you still have tremendously overpowered fucking characters. All right, so it, it, it includes people from Konosuba, um, Ari Zero, uh, uh, Overlord, uh, Tanya the Evil, and now Shield Hero has been added um, as, a, as another one. So it's five different shows. But yeah, the main cast and just them being... Funny. I mean, it's a comedic show. It's a completely comedic show, and their their powers are sort of, to a certain extent, neutered a bit in this particular universe for whatever reason. It's the yeah. The the great deceit of it is yeah. All, bringing together all these characters and well, a the ones that are actually isekai now they're isekai isekai. It's double isekai, but the ones that were from kind of our Earth all actually realize that they're all from the same earth like that's one of the things that does happen like the main the main characters of all all the well at least four of them have realized you're actually an, you're actually like from earth too aren't you like this is normal that is this high school is normal to you and so they're the ones who are kind of the most knowledgeable about like kind of what's going on and what to do because all the other people are like from these you know, crazy fantasy universes, and they're just kind of like, "What the shit is this?" But yeah, and but yeah, they're like, "Oh no, it's just Japanese high school." But oh yeah, we're actually from from this, at least something resembling this universe. But yeah, I was, I've been watching the second season of that, and it's funny if you're familiar with even any of the shows. It's pretty funny. I don't, I don't honestly watch all the shows that are kind of been brought together by it. Sure. Mainly Konosuba, because Konosuba is a parody itself of isekai shows in a lot of ways. Um, whereas, like, especially Shield Hero takes itself pretty seriously. Overlord, less so, because Overlord is about somebody ending up in a video game, but the video game kind of teleports them to the world itself, that type of isekai, so it's a little less... It's that shows a little more humorous, but yeah, like an RE zero is a little more humorous, but yeah, shield hero takes itself really fucking seriously, but also, so the characters in it are super overly serious too. Like the characters that came over into Isekai quartet. So that's, it's, it's funny, but only if you're like, you have to be pretty fucking far in to anime to get this show. This is one of those shows. Like it is not for the uninitiated. Most people, if you haven't watched anime before and you watch this, you'd be like, I don't know any of these characters. I don't know why this is supposed to be funny. Gotcha. Yep. But yeah, so, but if you do, if you do watch the animes to the extent that I do, you probably find it pretty fucking funny. But yep, that's, that's enjoyable. I also picked up, uh, and I actually, you know, I actually went on... Uh, the Instagram and Facebook and put this on there. Uh, I ate post Valentine's Day chocolate. I picked up some because it's like 75% off and it's glorious. It's really good. Um, I got some really nice chocolate. Yeah, and it only costs like a buck and usually it costs, and I think it started out at eight. 
So that's super cool. So that's that. See, that's my favorite holiday. My favorite holiday is the day after Valentine's Day when everything is 75% off. Because they do that. That's for some reason, that's amazing. Love <laughs> it. Works so well. But yeah, I got some really yummy chocolate out of that. Cool. I, I did try out GeForce Now, like we had talked about last time. It works pretty well. I've been impressed. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, it does. Like, I, I'm not paying for it. I'm on the just... But you know what? Me I, too. I found out doing it hour by hour, not a big problem for the types of games that I've been playing on it. So specifically, I only have two games set up on it right now. Um, and the way it works is kind of interesting because it, it, it basically just has me log into Steam through it. Yeah. Interesting. So that's, yeah, so that's how they do it. Like, you log into whatever... Like as we mentioned before, it uses like the existing game clients. But yeah, it so just, I have a guess how it works actually. Oh, it's all it is. It's just like a computer on the other. Yeah, side. like it's a true computer. Yeah, it's a just you're just basically like Windows a virtual desktop, and that's what it is. It's like a Windows virtual desktop, a very limited one that kind of has a lot of stuff automated. But yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, it's just. So I have Destiny 2 and Terra on it right now, so I got to try out both of those. Destiny 2, because I wanted to compare it with my experiences on Destiny 2 with uh, with Google Stadia. And then Terra, because I just hadn't played Terra in a while, and it's the type of gameplay that suits itself well for shutting itself off after an hour. Yeah. That is, it's, you know, it's it's an MMO, so it's continual save. Same with Destiny 2 as well. They're both continual save stuff, so it's like, if it just shuts down, I know that I haven't lost any progress. Whereas I'd be kind of pissed off if I was like in the middle of a mission for like Assassin's Creed or something and it shuts off. That would be annoying. And but for, if you pay for it, you get like six hours at a time or something, which is far more reasonable. Yeah. Now there's a free oh, version still, at all. It's pretty cool. It's still limited even if you I pay for so it? I think so for now. Makes sense. Yeah. I, I can get it. But yeah, it's... Uh, so yeah, I... It's fine. Like, it's fine. I think it might be have a little more lag than Stadia. Like, a little bit more lag. But not, still not a lot. Not it's really fine. discernible. Yeah. Especially for the types of games that I also was playing on it. Like, Destiny 2, I guess, is arguably more Twitch, you know, Twitchy-based. That is, you know, more about reflexes and, you know, reacting quickly. But Terra really isn't being, like, just... Even an action MMO, not a big deal. If something's like microseconds off or whatever, yeah. But yeah, it worked fine for them both. Terra, st- it does have some trouble with Terra though. Like I will say this: like something was going on in like both these sort of uh, like it definitely had slowdown. Though that happens, you know, on my computer, and I don't, I'm not sure if it's so much if it's lag or their the computer on the other end choking on it. But also I do. Yeah. It did seem like I got some times where it said like my connection was being unstable with, with uh GeForce now that I never got that sort of a message with state using Stadia on my computer. And there it is like, Oh, I got it. You know, they're getting a good comparison because I use them both on my PC at which that means they'll both have the exact same internet connection. Which it's a direct connection. My my PC is direct connected to my router. 
like that is via wire rather than Wi-Fi. So it should be a super stable connection. But yeah, I I think that probably it is the case that because the extra layer of what's going on that is like you pointed out that it's probably more similar to like Windows Virtual Desktop than Stadia, where Stadia is its own platform thing that's going on. Like a proper its own platform in a certain sense. Yeah. But but yeah, like yeah, that's it's kind of and and the fact that it's kind of going through an extra layer of well it, well for Terra, Terra has its own client, which that kind of I was like, that's weird. It's having me log into Steam and which then runs the Terra client. And Terra's completely disconnected from Steam, really. I mean, you can play it through Steam, yeah. I mean it's in the Steam store, but like the way it's, I have it on my computer is, I don't have Terra installed through Steam on my computer. I just have Terra clients installed straight up on my computer, like just normally. But, yeah, and I think that might have been part of the troubles that it's kind of fiddling with Steam to a certain extent, as well as Terra yeah. at the same time. Um, But yeah, it worked fine. There again, like for Terra, which if it does just log me out in the middle of something, doesn't really matter because... That's the way MMOs work. They they're continuously saving your progress, so I lose literally nothing. But yeah, I do think that any sort of a cutoff would be amazingly annoying. Like even the six hour one, though, I can't imagine it as much. That's a long time to play. Not beyond the realm I played for six hours, definitely. But I played games for six hours before, definitely. But yeah, um, that would be annoying. Yeah, if you're like in the middle of a mission or something and then just like oh because it does just say your time's up closing client immediately it gives you it gives you a three second warning i mean it does give you some time like at like 30 minutes and like 10 minutes it starts to give you it shows the clock on the top telling you how much time left but but when it happens it's just like three two one you're done (laughs) <laughs> so hope hope you saved if you weren't playing an MMO. But dun, dun, dun. yeah, that was. But yeah, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't tried the phone client out though. But yeah, um, yeah, it was fine. It worked fine, and you know what? I'll. I mean, I'm definitely going to stick with it after my Stadia subscription runs out because it's free. Do you still have a Stadia subscription, technically? Yeah, it's until March fifteenth huh. or something. Cool. Yeah, I, I remember I didn't start it until late. Yeah, no. So yeah, I didn't start it until like late in December. So it's yeah, a little bit longer. But uh, I have oh yeah, that's one thing I did use it for. Uh, when I wanted to play like Crucible or something or get in on a strike, I went on I went on on GeForce now <laughs> to do it. Is a I, those are kind of a limited you know limited thing that it will also kind of take less than an hour generally speaking um but yeah it's just yeah the servers are better populated than trying to do that shit on stadia because stadia you kind of have to catch it at a high time to play crucible or or any of the you know pvp stuff or trying to get in on a strike you know anything that involves other people being on at the same time yeah but yeah but yep that's that's pretty much what I got up to, though. Yeah, I mean, it was it was nice getting back into Terra because it had been a while. And this is... Well, the, well one funny thing has happened, though. I will add one more thing. Um, they've changed it up again to where... 
change things in Terra pretty heavily again with how you create stuff. So now I had a bunch of stuff in my bank and my in my on on my character's inventory that was no longer usable. You just had to sell it off. Luckily, it sold off for a lot of in-game in-game currency, like really well. But it was just like spent all this time collecting all this crap, and now it's useless. Mm. But on the other hand, they simplified it massively. Mm. There was way I had way too much stuff in my bank. It was cluttered with so much crap just for crafting, you know, trying to craft stuff. Sure. And now they simplified that again. They've done this a couple of times now. They've they've simplified like the potions by a ton. I remember coming back at one point, like after a while, and it's like, oh, those old potions no longer work. But now there's way less of them, and it's way now it doesn't take up fifteen bajillion slots in your inventory. So that's nice. Yeah. But that's yeah. But yeah, that was kind of interesting getting back on Terra and seeing that and just. Now I have even more cash than I had before, although I still have a ton anyways. But yeah. Um that was that was pretty much my week. I know we kinda cut you off for comedic effect, Alex. You actually want to add anything to your week or no? Nah? No. I don't. You mad at actually, us? Actually I'm happy. I'm happy I got my point. So I'm good. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh yeah, I Playing a lot of Destiny, I had one of the worst raids in my clan's history lately. Mm. Uh, we, we, the world of thousand glitches happened to us, and yeah, which which raid was Leviathan, it? Leviathan, which is known to be problematic. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It's also long. Not as long as Last Wishes potentially, but it's mm. we had we spent more time on one encounter at the end than the entire rest of the raid by a significant margin and we were running some new people in the clan through it that it is a raid that generally speaking the clan does not want to touch ever for a variety of reasons one of which is when it goes glitch it goes glitch mm-hmm. so what happened so spoilers i guess but not really it's an old ass raid at this point so uh at the end there's something called the purple room or the callous room whatever the fuck the clan calls it where you are kind of Tony Hawk style sliding across this platform and you're hitting these barriers and the barriers are all that keep you from getting sucked into this giant head of callus. It's, I know this makes no goddamn sense, but we were having enemies spawn in and not even like instantly, but like they'd spawn in two thirds of the way through casting a thing that makes that room really hot because it pops you up over the barriers so we didn't have time to kill them to stop them from doing that, and eventually knuckled through it. But I, that is the glitchiest that thing has ever been for our raid for our group. And I was doing that one just kind of out of the good of my heart. And we're gonna do the exact same raid tomorrow from the day we're recording this, so Monday, the day this goes up, probably because we have a prestige two thirds of the way finished of that raid that I need to get done. And everyone who's in that raid is like. Aw, uh, man, I hope it's not glitchy like it was for you on Friday, because that fucking sucked. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, it did. Question, would it take less than an hour to do that? To that raid? How how long does the Leviathan raid actually take? Because I've never done it. That takes more than an hour. Uh, it's... All right, I was just curious if it was possible to do through uh, GeForce Now, basically. You could... Because it'd be easier to find a group to do I could GeForce probably now, do Scourge that. in an hour. 
I don't think you could do Scourge an hour, but like you could get down to that speed. Leviathan takes at least God, I'm trying to think now, because there are there's at least one, two, I guess three. Like in theory, the three encounters of that raid, four encounters of that raid, have time spans they have to take. Like the uh, yeah, there are there are three encounters in that thing that there are built in X amount of time has to pass you to beat this encounter thing. So you could probably get like half of the way through it, intentionally stop and then come back. Mm. That's a thing you can do. With mm. you can with Leviathan. Oh yeah, and... raids there's checkpoints mm. after every encounter. Oh, okay. So you can come back yeah. to them later. Yeah, like it's um for mm. prestige we got to the final room that was giving us problems for this and on prestige it's just kinda shitty. So we're like we're gonna get up to it and then come back later and beat it at a different time. We're not, like, going crazy out of our skulls. <sighs> Leviathan's a bad raid, though, too. I, that's not fair. It's It has its problems. Parts of it are cool, but it's not great. It's... What are the main things you're trying to get out of it? Like, why would you want to do it? Now, I know there's some... Uh, I have some quests that are based around just... That basically just right, say, well, you do Leviathan. Hmm? But, like, what kind of, like, gear do you get out of it and stuff? Possibly. Is there anything unique to it? Uh, there are... Yes! But they're not super worth it. Um, <laughs> if, In D1, raids are where you got the best gear. In D2, the raids are where you get gear you can't get anywhere else, and depending on the raid, that means more or less. Um, Last Wish, Crown... And um, a la uh, what's it called? Uh, Scourge all have unique raid exotics. Um, fuck, what's it called? Garden of Salvation has kind of a unique raid exotic, except there's a quest for it that you have to complete by doing the raid. Leviathan, you get Acreus or Acreus, however the fuck you pronounce it, and it's a cool heavy shotgun, but it's not like as unique as the other raid exotics are. Most of what you're doing Leviathan for initially was Leviathan gear. And in year one, it had one of the best hand cans in the game, like Midnight Coop, I think, or Midnight Coop. And it was one of the best hand cans in the game. It's still viable in PvP. That's how good it was. But what you're getting now is Catalysts. And uh, the Legend of Acreus mm, Catalyst okay. comes from there. The Skyburner Oath Catalyst comes from there. Um, doesn't Leviathan also have the quest that leads to you getting, was it the Rat King? No. Um, Rat King you can get from anywhere, kind of. Or, that's not true. That's not where you get Rat King. Yeah, you have to do a quest line, and the last one you have to do the raid with the Rat King item in your inventory, no? No. Mm. Oh. Been holding on to that forever. No. Um, <sighs> Rat King as it stands is, the final set is the Nightfall, which is when it has Rat King. Rat King crew. Oh. Uh, it's funny you mention that, though, because at least on generic Leviathan or normal Leviathan, there is the Rat King strat, hmm. which is oh. your entire party uses Rat King and Rat King's callus. Uh, Maybe that's oh. where the confusion comes from, but I did not expect that to go on that long. I just wanted to complain about a bad raid. Um, yeah, I. in more important news, I have uh, I, I got back to brewing finally. I, I had my first batch of kombucha come through pretty good so that's back up and running now but 
More importantly, mm. I have four gallons of mead sitting behind me in the garage, hopefully hitting fermentation soon. It's a little bit cold out here, so I'm a little concerned the fermentation won't quite take as fast as it normally does, but also no CO2 output in the first day is not abnormal either. You gave me a bottle of mead yes. a few years ago, and it was amazing. Yep, we're back at it. Super awesome. Mead, mead is just an amazing liquor. Yeah. It is it is very kind of tricky to do because honey's tricky to work with. Uh, it's Once you have it up and running, it's kind of idiot-proof. Like, uh, it's in kind of the weirdest set of sciences possible. The honey itself stops your batches from getting infected, so you can do some cool stuff with it. Like, it's... It's why you can use um, honey as antiseptic. Like, if you're in the wilderness and you have some bad gashes, smear some honey over that, and that actually may save your life. Like, mm. it has other problems with that, like, but, like, it's not, like, a permanent solution, but it is an antiseptic, so you can use it. it it's st- it, Honey, unlike beer, is a much lower infection probability because of the honey. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. It's why there's a whole concept called, like, wild mead, which is a whole other nightmare that you should not rely upon as a brewer, but it's a thing you can do where basically you just make a gallon of honey water, put it outside, and let nature cause the fermentation to start. Mm. Can't do that with beer. Well, you can, but it's much riskier. <laughs> Today I learned. Yeah. Oh, no, the survival trick of, like, if you find yourself in the woods with some bad gashes, um, you can coat yourself with... Uh, Mud helps with bee stings, like clay mud helps with bee stings. It helps bring the swelling down pretty quickly. And honey can be used to treat wounds and keep them at least from getting infected temporarily. Mm. You got to get past the bees. Like, that's the one problem with the honey solution. But <laughs> so, to, so you'll cover yourself with mud <laughs> so that you can cover yourself with honey. Basically, or you throw a rock and run and then come back and take the hive. <laughs> Now, what happens if a bear shows up and you're covered in honey and mud? Ah, uh, you now have a husband. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, the, it's the traditional bear mating ritual at that point. You coat yourself <laughs> in honey. And mud. And mud. mud and honey. Yes. <laughs> Fair enough? <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's nice to be back to that. I, I, I've missed it. Yeah, we're, we're doing a um, apple blossom, which means I have a gallon of liquid that smells like fucking apple pie, which is kind of cool. Mm. We're doing a mountain fur, which is a honey I've never tried before, but it's got kind of a molasses quality to it. So I'm hoping mm. for like rum meat out of that, given what I'm putting it through. And we're doing a wild, uh, a wild bear, a wild berry, wild flower, which is kind of generic mead, just fucking loaded with raspberries and strawberries to fight the generic mead taste, hopefully. And then I got mm. one of my experiments up and running. So, uh, you guys know what sour beers are? Yeah, lambics. Yeah, kind of, mm-hmm. but like uh, it's a whole separate category too. But yes, I, mm. I am. A, I've tried it a couple times with varying degrees of success. I am putting a batch of essentially kind of citrically enriched uh, mead through a process of souring it. So we'll see what happens on that. Mm. Yeah, that sounds interesting. It is. Uh, basically, it's it's uh, it was a grapefruit based honey, and then it has just oh. a shit ton of limes and lemons added to it to kind of make the environment a little bit more acidic so the bacteria so again going back to the natural aesthetic aspect of it the way you make beer sour is you infect it intentionally with a bacterium that causes it 
to kind of make that sour flavor to it. Honey mm-hmm. kills that bacterium. So it's about creating an environment that's most hospitable to that bacterium so it does its work really fast and then dies. Mm. That's the whole thing. Mm. But in the not home brewing category of things, I start watching the show The Hunters on Amazon, and holy shit, is that show cool. I've been wanting to watch it because I, it looks like the people involved are interesting and the fact that it's at least somewhat based on true stories. Yeah, it's... It is the sequel that in glor- is the TV sequel Inglorious Bastards will never get. <laughs> but now it is kind of thing. I, if that expression does not kind of give you a perspective, it is a show about um, kind of a vigilante Nazi hunting organization hunting a like covert splinter cell of Nazis in America in I think it's the 1970s, and it's kind of it's so. The show is contextualized through kind of like a comic book aspect to it. Like, you have a character that refers to himself as fucking Robin for the first three episodes, and someone's like, no, you're kind of more Batman, right? Like, it's it's never superpowers, but, like, it's got very much a... It has weird comic book vignettes. Like, they have a moment where they're introducing the uh, the characters on the show framed in kind of an, like a Tarantino-style uh, aside that's a bar mitzvah candle lighting ceremony. But like it introduces hmm. the characters as like so and so as blah blah blah, as like the weapons yeah. makers and stuff. And the show is like uh, it, it. If um uh, the marvelous Miss Maisel is like unforgivingly Jewish, the show is aggressively Jewish in like the same way. But because the show is about murder and blowing people the fuck up and turning um, Nazi scientists that fled to the U.S.'s showers into gas chambers even though they're now, like, working as not that, like, it's, the show is dark and fucked up, and, like, at its basis is about a bunch of people murdering a bunch of, like, 60-year-olds for being Nazis, so there's, like, and the show plays around the idea where they're not going after soldiers, they're going after, like, the Vakan SS and people, like, benefited off of World War II suffering and stuff like that. It's not just, like, you weren't just a person in the German army, you were, like, the guy running the camp or in charge of scientific research at the camp or who would go in like this is an actual episode like a thing from the show like you were the person that was like every saturday making like 10 people sing for their lives and whenever they got off key you would shoot them in the head for years kind of thing yeah the, the people they're going after are like undefe- are undefendable monsters and the show's acting is amazing like the show every week is every episode it's a full streaming show so they're all there Every episode is kind of your Nazi of the episode where they're going after someone for so-and-so, and they frame it by showing you their historical crimes, and they kind of then give you who they're, in, who they're kind of in hiding as now, and then the, the hunters show up and put that person down. And at least so far, they've had some really cool moments where you have these, like, the, the bad guys like being like, oh, I'm an old man, I would never do these things, I'm not that person, I was following orders, blah, blah, blah. And then the actors playing them like throw a switch and the German accent kicks in and they just go like stone dead inside and they become just true monsters. And every time it's a little bit different, but every time it's just like, holy shit, that's some acting. Yeah, it's it's a cool show. And if you happen to be Jewish, like not Christmas Jewish, I guess maybe the distinction I'd use, like had a relative that like you grew up around that was like, but I survived the concentration camp, so quit your bitching about, like, so-and-so. 
the show carries some interesting weight. Like that, that's it, the show reminds me a bunch of my great grandmothers who would like this is a real story would like get together and like compare who had it worse during World War II, which is dark in its own way. But yeah, it's an interesting show and it's weirdly timely right now. Yeah, I've been thinking about. Yeah, I've been. I've just seen the commercials for it. I was like, huh. That actually looks like a show I'd be interested in. The commercials make the show look worse than it is. Like, I was, I signed up because I'm like, show about hunting Nazis. I'll fucking watch that. And the show is like defendably (laughs) good on top of that. That about does it for me. Uh, Time for news, I guess, then. News. News. We got a relatively short news docket this week, but we're going to start off with some Eve Online news. Our favorite. That's still around? Very much so. Oh, yeah. It's super alive. Okay. All right. So this is not necessarily about EVE Online, more, I guess, EVE Online's universe. So we've got kind of a grand opening, grand closing, or grand closing, grand opening moment where uh, we talked in the past about how EVE Online had a shooter in development. It was being developed by the Icelandic studio responsible for EVE. Well, that's been canceled. At the same time, CCP, the creators of EVE, would like to announce that their, I think it's their London-based studio has already begun uh, work on Project Nova, or sorry, not Project, that's not like canceled, but a new um, shooter that will take place in the EVE universe. Like, literally, they're like, yeah, we're killing Project Nova, but our London office is doing a thing. Oh. So, when do we expect to see another game in the Univ-verse? Uh, no timeline whatsoever. It sounds like the London <laughs> office is starting from scratch, if you will. Uh, it's This would be the, I guess, the, like, so... I think it's, yeah, only Dust514 has made its way to actual people can play it. Project Nova was in three of the follow-up to Dust514, so... Here's hoping mm. to this one, because the Eve universe is pretty cool. And wouldn't be a bad place to have a shooter. Like, if you could do, like, a Destiny in that universe where it's, like, maybe don't make the guns the permadeath approach that fucking Eve had going on or have fucking 514 mm-hmm. had going on. But, like, there is a world where you could make a defendably cool, like, maybe not, like, looter shooter, but, like, something. I mean, my mind kind of goes into the division almost, but I don't know. I. It, 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 yeah, I'm I'm interested to see what type of kind of FPS it They're talking be. about how it's tactical, which I think could be neat, like a Rainbow Six or something set in that universe would make a weird amount mm. of sense, where it's like, hey, you're the strike teams for these invasion or incursion forces. Yeah. yeah. Um, something I'd like to tack on, because it's EVE yeah. news, is just real real quick. CCP, uh, the, the company, hosted another Plex for Good thing, this time for the Australian uh, relief efforts. And they raised $100,000 for it, which is cool. cool. Yeah, it is something that they've done before at this point. They've raised uh, raised about half a million or a little over half a million in total for different charity purposes. Like uh, for the tsunami back in 2005, they raised money for that too. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, they did one for the Australian uh, relief efforts and raised a lot of money. So that's cool. Yeah. Well done. Uh, keeping with our current vaporware theme, let's talk about Star Citizen again. Yeah, uh, vaporware. We've, we've talked about this in the past. Uh, the Crytek lawsuit against Star Citizen may have finally come to at least for now. We'll see what happens in the future if this comes back with a vengeance. An end via settlement. Um, not a lot of details on what exactly this is, but a brief document kind of filed filed last week, I guess, or yeah, last week at this point, this week for when we'd be talking about this normally. Uh, 
that the case has been dismissed and they've reached a within 30 days of a settlement agreement. So, yeah. As expected, this was not a satisfying end to this, and I think it's one of those ones where if you're Crytek, you're starting to realize that, like, Star Citizen isn't actually worth any money yet, so owning a chunk of nothing still means you own <laughs> nothing. And, like, it's weird. Like, it's one of those ones where if you could have sued Blizzard and won, like, 1% of World of Warcraft before it launched, you'd be a fucking, like, rainmaker at this point. You'd be, like, one of the smartest people ever. Yeah. Uh, I'm hyperbolizing some and kind of theorizing some, but I suspect that's kind of the Crytek move on this case, where it's like, yo, Star Citizen could be fucking big, but also, if there's no, like, we made a lot of jokes at Star Citizen's expense over the years. We're still making those jokes. Fuck, we just called it Vaporware 10 seconds ago kind of thing betting on Star Citizen to come out in a way that will make you back all that settlement money right off the bat, probably not the best bet. Like, there's a very real chance you will lose more money in the lawsuit than you will make off of Star Citizen at this point kind of thing. And as speaking as someone who believes that game will happen, yeah, probably a well, smart time. Uh, the thing is, I mean, in, re in our last time we reported on it was the last update where Crytek was trying to temporarily dismiss the lawsuit at least until Squadron 42, yeah. the single-player one, was going to come out. That, which was the part that was actually the bigger infringement or, or, or breach of contract, I should yeah. say, breach of contract, because they weren't supposed to be using Crytek for anything other than Star Citizen itself, not a standalone game. Yeah. But uh, that that wasn't part of the agreement. But. I think that Crytek, my thing is, I think Crytek saw that Squadron 42 isn't coming out either, so... Well, and there's also the aspect we're gonna be of... waiting here forever. Well, there's also the aspect like, of, like, when that game releases, it won't be on Crytek. It'll be on no, no. Lumberyard. Yeah. Which is Crytek, but legally not. But, well, I think they were still going to try to do Squadron 42 on on the Cry Who knows? Engine. Yeah, I, I I know they swapped over for Star Citizen. I don't know. I, I thought they swapped everything over, and or it would make sense to swap everything over because part of the point of uh, Squadron 42 is it's essentially the tutorial for Star Citizen, but I do not fucking know at this point. I stopped following Star yeah. Citizen news on a day-to-day -day basis about two years ago now. Yeah. <laughs> That game will come out, or it won't. I don't know yet. Yep, but yeah, I do. I kind of think that's a part of it. Like Crytek then realized, uh, if we're waiting on Squadron Forty Two to come out, that might not happen in the next five years. So oh, yeah, someone who <laughs> owns just... a Hotos controller, or uh, yeah, Hotos, it's, it's hands-on throttle and stick. Yeah, I bets are being made, people. <sighs> I wonder what Vegas, you know Vegas has official odds of that. I wonder what their odds are on uh, I would fucking on bet on Star 42, Citizen in Vegas. <laughs> on either Squadron 42 or on, on you know... So that's the thing, like, I, again, like, I, as someone who, like, likes making fun of Star Citizen because of these reasons, those games will come out, whether they're good or not, and live up to the hype and all that jazz, and are worth the insane development time, that I have no idea on, but, like, I... I am unwavering in my belief that at some point, eventually, a game from SIG called Star Quadrant 42 and a game called Star Citizen will find their way to real release. 
Whether they're good, who the I, fuck knows? But like, I feel like it's going to end up going the way of. I don't know if you know anything about Ultima Nine, but yeah, I, Ult Ultima Nine got changed so many times because it took so long to make. Like its technology made to use it got changed pretty yeah. drastically. Like during no, that, the that's exactly what I'm saying. Like it is, we will get a game and, eventually. And the, whether that's good and timely and like still is what you wanted is a whole fucking other question. Yeah, and Ultima Nine is fucking terrible. Like unerringly absolutely just utter fucking terrible like just awful i mean i wasn't a huge fan of eight but it was fine it was fine eight kind of threw away the whole i am a person with a party which is kind of the point of all the other ultimas but nine is just universally fucking terrible like just like it's like they forgot how to do any of the lore for that game it's so fucking terrible, and but and then then it looked like shit too, and played like shit. Yeah, because they got to a point where like, well, we got to just kind of put this fucking game out there finally, and so they did, and there you go. Yeah. So I mean, this could I see Star Citizen varying in quality from Ultima Nine to uh to uh, uh Duke Nukem 3D. I, I wouldn't quite go that far, forever. but Duke yeah, forever. Yeah. It's not worth speculating more than this, I think, at this point. like That's yeah. what I'm saying, in be- as far as quality, in between those two things. In All between- I know is Alex will wind playable? up with a bust a bust head from Star Citizen on his desk <laughs> by the mm. end of this whole process. Just like Duke Nukem Forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I still have to unpack it. But it's somewhere around I, I know you keep that head. Like, it's... I have oh, yeah, it. no, it's, it's, a, it's a part of your dark gaming past. <laughs> yeah. Sits there right along with my uh, poop from, was it Cards Against Humanity? Yeah. Mm. Uh, next up, let's talk about Besiege. Um, not a ton to talk about here, but apparently um, that game has finally left five-year early access on Steam. <laughs> I thought that game had been out in real time for like the last four years, but apparently not. It's finally to 1.0 release. I'm- <laughs> to all of you people that bought and purchased that game and made cool YouTube videos out of it, thank you. Um, I hope you're excited to play the finished version of Besiege. I bet it's real similar to the last version you played. I don't fucking know. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so at least, but at least it's got a 1.0 out. I let's. So I didn't intend to talk about it this way, but kind of the jump here has made me realize this. Maybe it's part of the amount of fucking money involved in Star Citizen, but, like, that means that game has been, quote, in early access for about as long as Star Citizen has been, FYI. Mm. Which, when you look at it that way, Star Citizen doesn't seem quite as insane. It's not good, and I'm not defending it, but... But Besiege has had playable versions out. Star Citizen has for... playable versions out. Yes! Uh, kind yes. of. Yeah, it's weird to think of it in that context, I guess. Um, where did it go next? Let's talk about GeForce now. Uh, Bethesda is now the second company to pull its games from GeForce now. Hmm, which is weird. Yeah, I, it's especially because as best we can tell, GeForce now just appears to be logging into your Steam account and then running it through a virtual machine, essentially. Uh, 
Wolfenstein the Young Blood will remain available apparently, but everything else is gone. I Is it possible this is because that plus Fallout 76 might be just true nightmare fuel? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, this is the second big like publisher that pulled out, right? I mean, you had Activision Blizzard pull well, and out, I, I, and now you've got Bethesda. And to play devil's advocate a little bit, if you told me that like the licensing for this whole situation is just like unbelievably weird and like doesn't actually exist because no one ever thought this would be happening, because again, as best we can tell, this is just essentially setting up your Steam account on a virtual machine to run there, which I suspect I don't, I didn't purchase the license for that technically. But it is, I have to say the most bizarre thing is like a lot of other, I mean, they're not the only ones to not have their games on there. I'm like, why? I don't understand why not. Like, you know, I would think that it would only help you to have your games on GeForce now. Yeah, I, I, because it's, it's not like Stadia where you have to develop a completely new version of your game to work on it. It just they just work. They just work it through Steam. It's just virtual. Again, we just, don't quite know that, but yeah, it, it definitely seems like it's not that case. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. I mean, I know for certain that like when I logged on for Destiny 2, it's playing. It I'm connected with the PC crew of uh, you know that I could just tell by how <laughs> by how full all the places were all of a sudden, you yeah. know, and how easy it was to get PvP. It's like, no, I'm just playing the PC version now. That's it's, it's, I'm just playing the PC version of Destiny 2, so... Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's 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 for that's for certain. It is not just... I'm not just playing with people on GeForce now when I was playing Destiny 2, so... And same for Terra. Yeah. No, and I, I'm trying to guess the whole name. Uh, uh, Eisler at NVIDIA got... Or- yeah, I think it's Nvidia got out there and basically said like, yeah, this is gonna keep happening as like because they're trying to uh, publishers have the right to maintain control over their kind of games and should they choose to, yeah, we're gonna have to pull them from the service. But they're expecting it to be few yeah, and far between, apparently. I really do think that it's fucking stupid. I think it's like, but I know why they want it's these companies want you to pay for the game again. Yeah, exactly what it yeah. is. It's exactly what I was thinking. Oh yeah, I mean yeah, we're all literally yep, we're all in oh, yeah, no, thinking yep. There's a reason we all like GeForce. It's because it works the way Stadia should have, which is hey, you've linked your Steam account, but that means you're hype. Yeah, like I said, you're hypothetically missing out on money at that point because it's a new platform, kinda. But it's really there again. It's just for people who already. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think yeah, it is really about. But you know what? It's going to cost them more if they wanted to go on Stadia because you have to develop a new version of your fucking game for Stadia, apparently. Or at least change some things pretty drastically. Like, you know, like, it, uh, you know, my, my issues with Destiny 2 being a goddamn ghost town on, on Oh, yeah, Stadia. no, it's... The fact that the Stadia version of Destiny 2 is its own thing is... One of the biggest missteps that game has ever made. I'm not sure if that's a Stadia misstep or a Bungie misstep or a Destiny misstep or truly making the two talk to each other would be a problem between the PC and and the Stadia version. Like, that is one of the most gallingly baffling things about Stadia, especially because 
if you're looking at Stadia and like what games you should be playing on Stadia, Destiny 2 is such a fucking no-brainer. And the fact they could not get that to work in a way that like made people happy is everything you need to know about Stadia in the modern era, or like where we're at now with it. Yep. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I think, uh, I think already, like, I feel like these game companies are taking the wrong gamble. I feel like GeForce now is going to do better than Google Stadia. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. I'm far more tempted, tempted to get a, uh, a, a proper full membership to GeForce now than for Stadia. If only because GeForce now will work on my phone. Yeah, I, it's, you have to carry yeah. around a controller to hook up to it. But yeah, it's it's weird. Like my my, the, my Destiny clan fucking loves bashing on the Stadia version. Fuck, I bash on the Stadia version there. Like it, the, the on-running oh, yeah. joke of the clan is like, we should do a Stadia clan event. And I'm like, well, I'll be there. And five of the rest really? of you pretend to be there, I guess. Really, the only reason I'm using Stadia... Uh, the Stadia version is because I don't have the full everything season pass and stuff yeah. bought on on my on my Steam account, but I can take all. Well, the thing is, I can take on all those quests and stuff and all those stuff and quest lines and places and whatnot on the on my Stadia account. The rewards carry and then over. I can. Yep, everything carries over. Now I can't keep making progress or take new quests. If I don't have those that stuff, yeah. but yeah, I have it. It, 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 it. Though it can run into some weird stuff sometimes, though. But I'll say that. But yeah, yeah, it's such. It's. I think they're betting on the wrong horse here. These companies that are saying no to GeForce Now. GeForce Now, I think, is going to survive longer, yeah. if only because of the free thing, but also because yeah, it's like it works on more devices. Which is going to be way more valuable. Not everybody has a fucking Google Pixel, guys. But it's... Yeah. I think... I really think that... Yeah, it is... Obviously, they... We want the people to pay for our games again. And they aren't doing that with, with GeForce now. But also... Uh, I think... Yeah, Stadia is a losing bet. I'm not sticking around after my, my membership goes out. Yeah, and through the free versions coming. Like, it's... I would continue to check that out, potentially. But... Yeah, no. Well, the free version probably won't have any fucking games on it. In theory, you know, I already own Destiny on that platform, but yeah, that's the big question. I, I don't know. I don't no think one knows. you'll get to keep it. No one knows. Yep. I doubt you'll be able to keep it after, you know, like, I'm saying in, like, in my case where, well, I guess in your case too, where, you know, we'll, like, if we continue with the free version of the service, will we keep the Destiny 2, uh, like, season it pass? Does, it and, doesn't. In theory, I bought that, so it's not clear. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't buy it. I mean, it's even bigger, yeah, probably it, not. It was thing pitched for me. as part of the Stadia Founders Pack, and I technically bought the Stadia Founders Pack, so it's kind of a... Do I... It's like, I don't want to have access to the games I got as part of the premium program, but the wording on this one is weird, Like, it, but also it's one of those ones where it's the... Would you buy Stadia? Would you buy Destiny Two again for Stadia? And the answer is like, if it's the right price, yes. But also, base Destiny Two is now a free to play game. So, how does that yeah. work? And there again, with GeForce Now, 
Don't have to worry yep. about that. Yeah. It's just your it's just your normal yep. account. And and this is the headache that is Stadia. Mm-hmm. Cause it doesn't work the way it should at all. Yeah. On that is, note... <laughs> let's keep talking about Stadia and GeForce, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Probably over <laughs> a million people have signed up for GeForce now, which is awesome. Yeah. Um that's and you know what? I'm gonna say that it's the idea of the premium launch versus the free yeah. launch. That is like, all right, and and there's and I can see the positives of both. Because with a premium launch with pre-orders, like the way what they did with Stadia, you get you you kind of have a guaranteed user base. That is, they knew this many people are going to be on Stadia, at least, you know, from the launch, and so they kind of knew how to plan for it. We're at, uh, so with the free launch, you don't know. People could just be like, eh, I don't care. Um, but that's the thing. But also, you with the free launch, you get on people who wouldn't, you know, who are just curious and aren't willing to just buy into something like me. Like, I wasn't willing to buy in on the Stadia Founders Pack. I just wasn't. Um, but GeForce Now, they're like, we're free. I'm like, yeah. Sure, I'll do yeah. that. All right, yeah. It's... But there again, they might not nest. And the problem is, however, for the amount of money they're spending on their servers, they're not necessarily getting any guaranteed memberships off of it. So that's that's where GeForce Now sits right now. Like, is it going to stick around? Is it just going to implode because it's not making many money? I so I'm kind of curious how much GeForce Now actually costs them and. Premium service doesn't cost that much. I think it's actually still technically cheaper than Stadia is month to month. And I, it's one of those... It, yeah. it, this, is, this is where it gets weird. I'm in a situation where if I was going to be traveling a, again, a lot again for work, I might not... like it's. I only spent as much time on Stadia because I had a controller break and was forced onto it. Like The way mm. my clan talks about this is like, yo... <laughs> I have to travel a bunch for work, but like in two-day increments, so it doesn't make sense for me to bring a PS4 with me or something or bring my Xbox, but like I can buy or download the free-to-play version of Destiny on Steam now and bring my characters over because that cross-save thing works fucking fantastically, and I don't have to update my laptop to run this, or I can run it on my phone. Like Part of the big sell of mm -hmm. this thing is it just kind of... It's on the platforms you want it to. Like it hasn't been this slow plodding rollout that fucking Stadia's been. Like hell, I think that Henry wanted to talk about how it's like he just got Stadia support on his phone technically, and the Stadia. Like I still don't actually know if you can run Stadia on data or not, but GeForce you can because it goes like, yo, do you want to enable data? Cool, yeah. fucking let's go. Yeah. I mean that's the well actually I haven't tested it with my I haven't tested Stadia with my phone yet I still don't know if it yeah, works. Yeah, as someone I'll, who had a I'll phone that in theory it worked on and like I didn't buy my phone specifically for that but it was like oh cool this will we can test that it has always worked like hot garbage and the times I tried it were like okay you actually want to be on Wi-Fi but I want to try you on data and huh and I still have to plug a controller into that like. I can Bluetooth connect controller to my phone. It goes, okay, cool, weirdo. <laughs> yeah, GeForce now seems like the superior product because I also noticed that just like with uh, with with uh, Stadia, 
GeForce now takes like nothing on my on my system. Like it is my my system is acting like I'm doing nothing more than like looking at a text document. It's just humming well, it along. Well, doesn't require like you to run Chrome. Like, that's the other thing. You can only access um, Stadia through Chrome. Yeah, and this is this just has its own. You know, GeForce now has its own client. But yeah, but it just purrs along like. Nothing's yeah, happening. Yeah, this has actually like, made me realize, like, why the fuck isn't there a Stadia client? But no, actually, yeah. why isn't there a Stadia client? Yeah. Because there's only weird. so much RAM Google apps can take from you. Apparently. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, the the client for it is very low footprint. So that's one thing that it does, you know, Stadia is pretty low footprint, too. Like, it didn't never made my c- CPU ever go yeah. up or down it was always just it's not long, it's but... not using your computer but like it's if you want to be yeah. like a launcher why the fuck isn't there a launcher for this yeah so yeah i do yeah it's yeah you know honestly at this point I, i've already decided that geforce now is a superior it's, product i would pay money for geforce now if i found myself in a situation where geforce now became like my option for gaming and as someone who's been in that situation like fuck i played half an hour of destiny in a car waiting for my wife to do something where i'm just like oh fuck i got the dog in here i'm hanging in the car let's play some destiny quickly <laughs> but yeah and and even like you know for if i end up doing more you know traveling for whatever reason you know uh, I know it'll run on even my crap. Oh yeah, laptop. no, look, I have now put a Bluetooth controller into my kind of like, yo, you're leaving the house bag specifically for mm. GeForce now because it's like, this is a dumb lifestyle choice I've made, but also, yeah. Does the, like, let's say on your mobile client, does it support like a PS4 Bluetooth controller or did you buy like some third No, you just connected Bluetooth. Bluetooth. I, I connected, I, I connected my um, Xbox Elite to it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I guess it also, you know, plus plus. It didn't make you buy another. Yeah, it, it, it works with controllers. With yeah. Um, I am kind of curious. I guess it probably doesn't have any sort of a Roku app. I am curious about that now or anything like that. That would, well, I guess, does it have something com- that would allow GeForce Now to play on like a TV? Um, I'm not sure. It's called a um, NVIDIA Blade, I think, whatever the fuck that thing's called. Oh, yeah, yeah that's right. I forgot. They're a weird Android has, thing, yeah. Something... They're Ouya. That was better than yeah. Nuya. Man! Yeah. Fucking NVIDIA's doing a good job of being like, okay, cool, you beat us to market. We're going to be around long after your thing's dead. That thing's yeah. actually defendably okay product, too. Like, it's... It's either that or a Roku if you actually care about like streaming stuff occasionally is the conversations I've had about it. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, I mean it's interesting seeing GeForce, you know, dip their toes yeah. into this. Well, I guess more than dip their toes, like hop right the fuck in and knock it out of the park, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well done, NVIDIA. Yeah. Yeah. I guess kind of while we're still talking about Google peripherally, uh, Google announced they want to bring all HTML5 games or a, they want to start a new platform called Game Snacks that will take your HTML5 games and put them in one place, essentially. Um, 
which is cool. It's kind of a, it's kind of like that flash game collective thing we were talking about. Uh, yeah. And it's for, I mean, and I think I see it as, as a replacement yeah. that is with flash going out, people are going to increasingly make HTML five games like new games. And, you know, to have a good platform that for that's easy to, that'll make it easier to bring it to devices. That's probably a good idea because guess what? A hell of a lot of people are casual gamers. Yeah. So that's just a fact. So, yeah. I think it's interesting. I can't, so and, one but, confusing thing about this is I can't tell if it's going to be like an app or it's going to be just like a place you go to in a browser, but. I don't it think it feels a, like an I app, but I can't tell. I think it's not so much app. Uh, I, I, I guess. It's. It seems like more of a a library to yeah, use. Yeah, but uh, again, I'm not sure how you access that library. I guess, but yeah, it's not super clear yet. But the other thing is, HTML5 games are very also extremely low, you know, low requirements for hardware, and so it makes sense. Like it says that Google's partnering with a Southeast Asian technology yeah. platform, Gojek, which that like for you know, you're bringing. Like, you know, not everybody has the most high-tech, new, you know, up-to-date phone possible. A lot of people have just, you know, lower-spec phones. And HTML5 will run well on pretty much anything, so... Makes sense. So, this is a place where Google's probably doing a smarter thing. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, let's... Uh, it's not really related to what we were just talking about because of... Not because of GeForce, it kinda is... Our old friends Activision are back at it again with uh, scummy behavior, and I'm not sure this one's quite qualifies as scummy as more kind of, eh. but yep. they have, <laughs> Activision has subpoenaed Reddit to identify the Call of Duty leaker, which yep. it's not a good look, but what they're doing is within the grounds of legality and probably like even legally advisable. Hmm. The what the the well the place where it's sketchy is forcing Reddit to spit up the identity when Reddit had itself had nothing to do with what was posted. You know they they didn't you know I guess you know they have you know you know in theory maybe have some responsibility yeah. to police things to a certain extent. Um, but it's yeah that's where it's kind of. Uh, you know, getting another company to have to give up basically people's, you know, identities for, I don't know, for commerce reasons, really. I mean, this isn't like a criminal case in in per se. This is a civil yeah. case. And I think that's where it's more like, for me, it's more, I'm not sure I like that. I mean, it's, yeah, this is, this is really a civil case as far as I know. I, you know, there again, we're not lawyers. Don't don't call me yeah. on this, but it is yeah a copyright infringement, uh, which is I think what yeah they're doing the DMCA well, like, uh, call on this. Here's the issue, but that's not a that's not a criminal case. Well, and that's the issue. Leaks and are that, kind of depending on how it's achieved, inherently criminal. Like it's the if it's a how yeah. they're done. Yes, but I mean, but there again, it's like this. Oh, I don't know. I. I don't think this is necessarily parallel to this, but it's like whenever a journalist gets a, you know, a anonymous leak of something, you know, something, you know, criminal activity done by, 
you know, the yeah. government, for instance, like, you know, should they be forced to give up their anonymous, you know, the, the, you know, the identity of the person that that's remained anonymous that leaked it out to them. It's like, mm, like, or, or, you know, or should that, that journalist be jailed for it or it's pun or otherwise punished for it. And this is where that's kind of, there's a similarity here that I, that doesn't sit right with me that they're basically forcing Reddit to give up something on a civil court case. Not a criminal court. Case. Yeah, like I said, it, it, this is murky at best. Like it's the sources yeah. paraline, uh, parallel is like a valid one, but also in theory, no one's getting hurt or like no big things are going down because of Activision leaks. It's kind of a more of a nuisance. And like again, like it's like if it's an NDA breach, that's one thing. But also, if it's like achieve via hacking, that is also illegal. But also, like. There's no big expose that's going to shake up some election or something where it's like, Call of Duty Season 3 announced. Here are the leaks for it. And Activision's like, man, we're going to deceive the government with that this time. Damn it. They're like, ah, oh, man, our yeah. map app got out there. Yeah. In this case, it was like a, one, an image. But I mean, it's, yeah, there's things about this. I don't like a, you know, a giant organ, you know, super, you know, deep, pockets organization like Activision just being able to out people's identities for a civil oh, yeah. case. That's the part you should take issue That's with, a... is the fact that Activision's could hypothetically get someone's identity through this, and that's a problem. For a yeah. civil case. For their, because of what they want. Rather than, you know, this isn't the FBI rolling into demands Reddit, you know, give up the identity of somebody that posted like a threat or something. Which, uh, that, I'm fine with. Is that's 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 preventing crimes that would actually hurt people like in a real way, you know, or threats or, you know, whatever, something that's actually, you know, actually a danger. No, this is fucking Activision demanding somebody be somebody's you know, identity be revealed for a fucking civil case. And that that doesn't sit right right with me at all. That sets a bad precedence. Luckily, it's already sort of there again, it's not. Uh, uh, a proper hardcore precedence, but the courts are already kind of not really too willing to do that for a civil case. Like they've already turned down an attempt to do it with a uh, with a Jehovah's Witness based uh, uh, case, essentially. As as far as what the uh, article tells us, yeah, like this is this has come up before, and it was with Reddit. It was with Reddit as well. It was something that got leaked about you know, copyrighted works being leaked to Reddit that were a watchtower stuff. And they tried to, they wanted the identity of the person that, that leaked it. But the courts said, no, they, the courts actually argued that people can rely on the right to anonymous free speech. And, hmm, that could be a bad precedent if they decide differently yeah, in this case. Yeah, I... Yeah, as someone who's not always sure, I think anonymous free speech is okay either, depending on what's been said, but yeah, I don't know on this one. Well, like I said, like in the case of where the FBI has asked them, hey, this person has made like bomb threats, we need their identity. Oh no, as someone who like believes you should be held accountable for everything you say online, like that's where kind of I get murky on this one. I'm like, nah, I want to know if you're an asshole because I look you up and it's like, oh, here's your Reddit history. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I don't want the yeah. you know somebody's 
anonymous, especially for a fucking civil case like this. That is yeah. not a good thing. That is that is horror show for me personally. So yeah, that's mm, gonna be watching this one. Yeah. I'm confused about the like do they have any legal grounds to demand another private company release someone that like is this a thing? Like I'm so confused by this. Like not necessarily because I mean like I said Reddit like the courts have already turned down one attempt to do this exact same thing. You know like for Reddit specifically for them to out a uh, a user on Reddit user's okay. identity. So that's already something they've already kind of been like maybe not. But I mean they didn't set like any sort of hard law there, but there is a precedent at least there's a case already been done that's very similar. That's that that's done with the same party involved, Reddit in particular. So, mm-hmm. hmm. this is yeah. I that's the thing. It's the legality is fucking murky. That's why it's going to yeah. court. And yeah, it's you know. And I blame the DMCA's overly broad bullshit uh, uh, terminology for this. Does DMCA's open? Opened up a can of fucking shit worms as far as just large companies being able to sit on people for fucked up reasons for not basically abusing the shit out of the law. Oh, yeah, you know? no, they absolutely fuck it. I, you hear so many cases of them fighting it, and the fact that these companies have lawyers that are well paid, like it, it's the classic thing where you have you basically out money somebody into basically giving up a court case because it's, it's expensive to stay in litigation. Uh, oh yeah. And there have been and the thing is and it's just DMCA has been used for just squelching for like proper free speech. They they they'll just go on YouTube and just say DMCA even if it's clearly under fair use doctrine just because it's something unfavorable. Yeah. And that's been used so many times against channels I know. It's such total bullshit. I'm not a free speech universalist. I do have nuance there, but this is one of the cases where I don't like, I don't, yeah, it's just this specific case. I do not like the idea of, of, of taking away the anonymity here. So mm-hmm. well, let's reel it back into slightly less free form, potentially controversial topics and talk about one of our, what's shaping up to be one of our favorite ongoing things at this point. The coronavirus strikes again. Uh, yeah. This time in a God. way I suspect we're going to be seeing more and more of lately. Uh, so Final Fantasy fourteen had an event going on at PAX East that they have now canceled because coronavirus. Also to tack onto that, Sony is also pulled out yeah. of PAX East for the same reasons. I thought so. I saw that but couldn't confirm it. Yeah. Yep. So, yep, that that's def- that's a definite thing that has happened now. So they've they've... I think they will still have some sort of presence. Well, and also, but not com- not complete participation. Like they aren't going to have a proper setup or anything. And we're gonna start making the effort now to be calling the coronavirus by its actual name, uh, COVID nineteen. You may have seen that I changed Henry's quote last week for our title to COVID nineteen because that's the official branding, I guess, of this strain or mutation or whatever the right word is for it. And the coronavirus mm-hmm. is a larger turn. So uh, yeah. Uh, uh, not a lot new here to talk about, except that, uh, as we all know, COVID-19 spreads rapidly in large environments or kind of densely packed environments. 
like a PAX in a mm-hmm. situation where people already have borderline kind of compromised immune system, like a PAX. PAX plague is a very real known thing. Yeah. So fucking of yeah. course. I it's weird. So I Alex, you probably would have been more aware of this, but you don't live in LA anymore, so you may have missed it. And I'm not sure if Henry's been following it. Like the uh, Chinatown here in LA and Chinese restaurants are being fucking hit hard because of COVID nineteen. Mm-hmm. People won't go to them because of the fear of getting uh, the, the virus. Uh, some of Jen's family lives kind of in like the outskirts of LA, and it's a fucking ghost town out there right now because everyone's afraid to go out and eat mm. and stuff just because. For better or worse, this disease is very much associated with just kind of like Chinese and Asian people in general. So it's restaurants, it's town centers, it's kind of weird that yeah. way. Mm. Which, of course, doesn't make a whole lot of sense, seeing as how yeah. you know, your people living in L.A. haven't necessarily been traveling at all. Like, they haven't been to China to have caught... Well, so I have a coworker coming back from Japan this upcoming week, and we have had some real conversations Mm. about whether or not he's actually allowed into the office for two weeks. Mm. I've not been any, but it's I've not been part of these, but there has been the conversation of like, do we forcibly quarantine this person for two weeks, essentially, because they could, in theory, work Mm. remotely, but it would be disruptive. Hmm. Or could just have him get himself checked yeah but out. also it's one of those ones where my office it would fucking rip through there we are we, we have proven multiple times just how susceptible that entire office is to getting sick on the same thing mm. we're very bad when it comes to passing germs around there See, mm. in this case it makes sense because he was traveling in an area that is definitely yeah. affected so mm. yeah whereas what's going on with like Chinese restaurants is just yeah no, no, that's that, 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 Kinda, not a little bit, it's racist. racist. No, yeah, no, it's straight up racist. I'm not going to say kind of. It's, yeah, and no, it's, it's, not just racist, it's not just so. LA either. Like, you have, like, stories of it popping up in other oh, yeah. parts of the states where it's like, I get it, but also, fuck all y'all. Yep. That brings us to our last bit of news this week. Uh, it's a big week for this piece of news. Uh, we finally have news about an- the new Animal Crossing game, uh, Nook Escobar's Private Island from Hell. <laughs> Oh, okay, fine. It's Animal Crossing New Leaf. New Horizons. Sorry, New Leaf was the last one. Uh, for those unclear why I'm making Pablo Escobar jokes about this in poor taste, uh, New Horizons ha- tasks you with the job of taking your human villager, it's never to confirm your human, I guess, to a uncharted island and kind of setting it up. Uh, you're there on a uh, vacation package, but your job is to expand it and improve it and Maybe terraform it some and all that jazz. I, basically, it's Animal Crossing with some Minecrafty elements, the whole uh, crafting system to it. It looks cool, but fucking every screenshot for this just features goddamn Tom Nook in uh, like a Hawaiian shirt or something in front of a microphone, just being like, "Welcome to my island." And as we all know, Tom Nook will fucking break your motherfucking kneecaps. He will come into your house, he will shoot your dog. If you're lit on those bells, he will kill a man or woman for not having his money. Not a Tom Nook is a stone cold motherfucker. See, my only question remains is where is Isabel? Oh, she's in the game. Yeah, I know she's in the game, but it's really not fucking. Yeah, she is. She's like your uh she's your developmental assistant, I guess is the way of phrasing it. 
Yeah, she, she basically is? does the same job okay. she had in the previous games. Like you're you're not mayor, you're now villager. I don't fucking know what your title is this time around. <laughs> uh island No dictator? no Tom Nook is island dictator. You're like at best like a general or something for him. Administrator? Yeah, I, you're there to make sure Tom Nook's island is going well. But Tom Nook's there like, yo, um, we'll open up the airport and uh you want to build a house? You get me that money. You want to build some stuff? You get me that money. You want to grow a cocaine field? I money, the, I bitch. Guess maybe Viceroy? Maybe? Viceroy? <laughs> Tom Nook is obviously <laughs> the, like, general in charge of some banana republic. Yeah. You're just, like, his local, like, um, uh, you're just, like, his lo local lieutenant or something. Yeah. <laughs> Building it up, tricking people to move there so we can open up a hotel and, like, segregate you the population off from the tourists and keep making that money <laughs> all right the jokes aside let's actually get to what the fuck they're talking about so not a ton of surprises <laughs> in this animal crossing game uh they're kind of repackaging a bunch of stuff like i joking jokes aside there's an airport system that replaces both the post office and the train station so you can use that to travel to other people's islands uh you get to choose kind of what your layout of your island will be at first obviously it has to have a river running through the center of it so you don't get to dodge that whole thing. Uh, up to eight people can live yes. on the island at the same time, which is and it doesn't big appear you will be locked. You know, like the last game, you'll be able to have your house wherever you want, as opposed to on that center grid, like the first game has. Um, you don't start off with residence. It seems like you do have to improve it some. Like you, you start off in a tent, like the previous game. Like, and here's maybe the slightly fucked up part of it, depending on how cynical you want to be. You are colonizing an island. You are playing a little bit conquistador, <laughs> but there's no rel there's no natives mm. there, so maybe it's not terrible. Uh, most of the general <laughs> loop of the game is relatively unchanged. Um, you get to pick a southern or northern hemisphere, which will be kind of cool, I guess. So you get to either have the same kind of seasonal rotation as what you have, or the opposite, which will be cool. You can also do terraforming. Yeah, that's on the this, big change for the island. first time in the franchise history. You can actually like redesign the island as you see fit. Prepare to see a lot of mm, questionably Just shaped say what islands. Say it is, dick-shaped islands. Yeah, yeah, yep. I it that's 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 what I'm expecting more yeah, than anything it, out it of it. It looks neat. Some of the questions about how kind of how saves work were confirmed. Um, there is a, you only get to have one island per switch controller or per switch, which ain't great, but is what it is. Mm. They're bringing back kind of the Animal Crossing QR code cards, so you can get um, new items that way. Amiibo support will be around for all this stuff, so if I have a reason for all those existing Animal Crossing Amiibos, we all definitely have. Um, like I mentioned, there's now a crafting system, so it does seem the mild focus of the game is to actually like build furniture which i think is kind of a cool thing for this yeah yeah i do see i mean all right so yeah, the, uh, i guess that's, that's, that's let's go into the big bad thing out of this whole reveal though and it kind of spills over into another yeah. topic we're gonna kind of lump in here because it's the same thing so as might make sense in a lot of our opinions Cloud saving for this game sure would make a lot of sense, right? Yeah. I, that doesn't exist for this. So <laughs> much so that as part of this direct, Nintendo had to be like, 
yeah, we're not doing that, but also we reserve the right to kind of do case-by-case uh, -case recovery of your island in case these known issues with the Switch getting broken or stolen happen. Which, at least to me, implies that maybe there is something, because, like, in theory, you're cloud-saving to visit, right? Like, or does that mean you can only visit someone's island when they're online? I'm guessing yeah. so. Because, yeah, you can't even transfer your save file from yeah. one Switch to another. It doesn't even have that, which is pretty dumb for people that maybe have both a regular Switch and yep. a Switch Lite. Nintendo needs to have a fucking cloud yeah. store, cloud solution, like a proper one. Is even Nintendo Switch Online is apparently not going to be a proper cloud. It only allows like a one-time backup. Like it's it's intended for use in the case of a lost or damaged system and can only be used once ever. It's not great. That's that's bad. That's shit. Honestly. That's so bad. Uh, it's they need to catch up. I mean, it's to the point where it's like uh Phil Spencer like threw some serious it's, shade at them. He was like I don't see them. I'm uh, gonna being go back to my comment I made a while back. The fact that Nintendo is expecting you to fucking pay for its online services right now. I know it's not much. I know compared to the other ones, it's real cheap. It is a fucking embarrassing insult to all of us that actually own that console at this point. Like, th this is... There is nothing in this service you should have to pay for. You are essentially paying for multiplayer and multiplayer alone, which I know is what fucking PSN and Xbox Live are technically, but those come with free games and chat related to your games like it's and they have cloud saving and they have backups and let you kind of share your games around like i don't know how they're getting away with this but it's weird as people fuck that they are it. yeah mm -hmm. and i think eventually people aren't and I no think it's that's nintendo they're like oh it's only a couple bucks a month whatever nintendo blah 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 it, it like i know i seem hard on nintendo with a lot of frequency but like this is some shit you should find insulting as a consumer of gaming. Like, it's... Yeah, well, considering that, like, for Steam, all my cloud saving is done for yeah. fucking free, I don't pay anything for Steam itself. I pay nothing. And it keeps... And I, I, I have, like, hundreds of games on there now. And they're almost all... Almost all of them support yeah. cloud saving. It's... It is, at this point, yeah, it's frankly... A fucking embarrassment that that Nintendo the site it's not like Nintendo's some tiny fledgling fledgling little company they're fucking Nintendo they can afford this they just aren't because fuck you it's 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 very much like and I've said it before multiple times on the show it's that Apple mentality like mm. they have a dedicated base that will always buy into their shit regardless and yeah why the cloud save shit is just that's why you have to pay for stupid shit like that fucking online service which is absolute yeah. garbage and people will and pay I guess for to it. rewind back to New Leaf for a second they're adding a app support it's not clear quite what that app support does and integration with that pocket camp thing which means I fucking redownloaded pocket camp which is still a bullshit game for bullshit people but that's neither here nor there <laughs> but like that app is still trash yeah mm. yep 
Whereas the uh, Destiny companion app is also trash, but better okay. trash. It's just it it's just okay. It doesn't it doesn't, but it doesn't really need to yeah. do anything. Really, there's no, yeah, it just doesn't do anything special. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, Nintendo, what are you doing? What are y'all doing? Nintendo what are your plans? Bad? Nintendo That's, dumb, yeah. really, just. <laughs> This is it's this is this is what I've come to expect from Nintendo from their entire time that they've been making co- game consoles is we have a good idea and then a bad idea, good idea then a bad idea. That's it. It always comes. You never get just a litany of good ideas. It's always good idea, bad idea, good idea, bad idea. They just they're just always so experimental. That you just you'll you equally see a. You know, Nintendo DS or 3DS, uh, but also Virtual Boy. You know, you'll see a Wii and then you'll see the Wii U. Why the fuck does the Wii U even exist? I mean, that's the thing. It's like, good idea, bad idea. And that's, I mean, so this behavior from Nintendo is there is just not surprising to me at all. It's it's what we've come to see from them consistently. Yep. They... they <laughs> <laughs> mixed bag every time at the same time look forward to charlie pre-orders or charlie plays animal crossing whatever the fuck this is called because <laughs> despite having a real mortgage i want to have a digital mortgage too apparently <laughs> i love the animal crossing games unironically there's something about them i've always loved but well, they're just kind of gentle and casual, and and the and the artwork is very yeah. And I suspect my wife will like this game too. But there was definitely a moment I was driving the other day, and I'm like, yeah, I'll probably get that Animal Crossing game. Dot. dot. I'm gonna have two goddamn mortgages, one to a homicidally murderous raccoon, <laughs> and the other one on the Nintendo yes. Switch. One of them's to a homicidal <laughs> raccoon. The other one is to Tom Nook. Who is also a homicidal <laughs> raccoon, but so much scarier. So, and kind of branching off of our cloud save conversation, we have our last news item of the week, which is The Witcher 3. Specifically, mm. how it's getting around fucking cloud saves on the Switch. So, Witcher 3 has added the functionality <laughs> that you have. If you have a PC version of The Witcher 3, you can swap your save back and forth between... Witcher 3 and a PC and Switch, which I think is cool as hell. Yeah. And it's like, well, I guess if you fuckers aren't going to do it, I guess we'll do it. As someone who's never going to play Witcher 3 on the Switch, this is the closest you've ever gotten to me going, yeah, maybe I'll play Witcher 3 on the Switch. (laughs) Yeah. It's still not going to happen, but man, is it cool. But yeah, it's, I think kind of as Henry was alluding to, it is literally a upload download button in the interface. (laughs) Because <laughs> fuck that noise. <laughs> but also at the same yeah. time, why doesn't Warframe have that button? No, seriously, why doesn't Warframe have that button? Yep. We're looking yeah. at you, Warframe. Yeah, we are. Where's that button, Warframe? <laughs> <sighs> that does it for news this week. Um, Yeah, so... Uh, we got some emails this week, and before we get into kind of our comments on those emails, how do you email us, Alex? Very simple. You uh, pull up your email client if you're choosing, and you go in the address 
box and put in uh, wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's that email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast. Smells it sounds down in the show notes, etc. etc. I'm not sure why I longed it that way. Um, So we got, we're going to start with our biggest. We have never gotten this many emails about one specific topic before. And that's kind of cool. <laughs> and we're going to split this into two things. So um, I'm not sure to do this because it was mentioned as like part of another email, but uh, some separate questions in it. So we're going to read the, we're going to read my favorite of these, which was just titled hold the fuck up. <laughs> like we literally got like, I think I, yeah, we got like 15 different emails that were essentially about this topic. Yeah. Oh, boy. So we're going to go with the most concise one. Um, Hello, I am someone who picked up Final Fantasy XIV because of talk on this podcast. And while I've heard stories about how bad the game was at launch, as a new player, I have no context. Can Alex please talk about the differences now? We literally got, like, ten emails that were kind of like that. A couple ones that were like, yeah, I'd heard about the relaunch, but was it that, was it that specific? And a couple of them being like, hold up. You just kind of breezed past that topic. We're going to read one of those later because it relates to some other questions, but y'all want to know what the fuck Final Fantasy XIV was like before the reboot. So, Alex, please tell our listener base how the two compare because I'm realizing also as someone who's only played the new one, I have an idea of what that's like, but, like, you apparently have firsthand experience with this one. Yeah, so I will, I'm going to preface this with saying I played it for a little bit. That's the bit. impression I get Not, everyone did. Yeah, so there was... Okay, so for those of you who are familiar with, like, Final Fantasy XI, I don't know how many people here are familiar with Final Fantasy XI. Assume no one here we're talking to has played Final Fantasy XI. Like, this is your chance to okay. wax poetically on this topic. Okay, mm. so I'm going to explain this in, it, using kind of like a wow sure. terminology. However you see fit. Just like, not saying our listeners are dummies, okay, but like, so, let's explain this for dummies, because, yeah. So, one of the things that, and, and I guess this is kind of a thing that I've heard, I can't confirm this, but a lot of the Eastern market when it comes to MMOs is totally cool with long grinds. Like, it's just kind of a thing. At least that's what I've heard. Yeah, that's it's why a it's characteristic like that lots of specifically Korean MMOs have. Yeah. So, Final Fantasy XI was very much a next-level grind fest, where once you hit past a certain level point, you could not kill mobs for your quest because every mob in the outside world was an elite mob. So you had to form a party just to do shit in the game. Kind of thing. Um... So they were kind of sticking to that similar thing where everything was a grind fest in the first one. So it was it was, it was super laggy. Um, I'll just go through some of the stuff that I remember hearing about when I like stopped playing it. Um, there were a lot of like weird fatigue systems in place. Uh, grinding up your crafting is just a fucking grind fest. It took tons of grinding for materials. It was just it's super slow paced and it was really awkward and weirdish kind of thing. Um. There wasn't a lot of content as far as, like, dungeons and jobs and things like that. It was just... It was just awkward. Like, it was really bad. Leveling was horrible. It was very much what, I guess, the way they described it was a quote-unquote realistic 
kind of game, but it just doesn't work for a fantasy like type of setting. So when they like rehauled it, they literally fucking rehauled everything. It was it was just bad. So um, no fast travel with chocobos, things like that. Like it was, yeah, it was. It just it just yeah. Anyway, it's just. It's hard to put into words because it's just been so long that I don't remember a lot of it. But I just remember even in the beta, there was a lot of stuff that just was confusing. Like, like normally you have certain guides that like lead you along the way. They didn't even have a lot of really guides built in. So honestly, at some point you were just stuck. I don't remember seeing markers on the map for quest things. So you had to like read through every single little thing to go around and find something to do. Like it was, yeah, that was bad. Anyway, compared to now, where the leveling experience has been super optimized, um, in fact, once you one of the things they added was as a like if you're a veteran of the game, as in you've leveled past a certain point with the main character, you can switch your job on your character, and on in that game, switching your job is going from like a white mage to a black mage. Um, you get like a, a expedited experience, so you could level up those other side jobs faster. Uh, the crafting system is relevant, and it doesn't take forever. It just to take stuff out. I think one of the things I also heard about was there was a global cooldown in unequipping and equipping gear. So, like, if you took off an item, there was a global cooldown before you could put something back on it. So, if you're switching gear sets, you're literally spending seconds over and over just to change, like, a helmet. Like, it was, it was bad. So. Um, God, what are the other stuff I can't remember? I think it was just a lot of optimization stuff was just bad in general. But it was so bad to the point that they had another guy uh, take it over and they shut it down and re-released it. But yeah. So. Sorry I don't have a lot of details. Like I said, I, did, I didn't I didn't, put as much time into it because it was so... It was just such a off-putting experience that I didn't spend any much longer time than I wanted to just to kind of like demo it. So. But yes, I don't have much else. Sorry. For all the emails that came in about it. <laughs> no. So, yeah. We've given them the answer we could. Yeah. It's just, it's a huge fucking grind fest. And like, oh, one of the things that I, I actually, I'm looking some of the stuff up because I was curious to see what other pe- things people complained about. But um, there was no search option in the auction house. So you had to go through page through page Ow. to find shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the, oh. the phrase I heard thrown around a bunch was... That they essentially made a sequel to Final Fantasy XI, which at the time it came out, like it. So, going, this is kind of Alex's WoW comparison for a second. Like, it's a like classic WoW versus modern WoW. It kind of ignored all of the advances in gaming and MMOs that had been made since Final Fantasy XI to direct, excuse me, to directly appeal to that kind of Final Fantasy XI crowd that even at that point was like, we don't want a Final Fantasy XI 2. This game has not aged great in some ways. We would love, like, we want parts yeah. of this game to come over, like the longevity of a kind of an Asian-based MMO and stuff like that, but there there are some, like, quality of life changes. We would love you to steal from WoW or Terra or Rift or something. Yeah. Apparently, also, like, it would take hours to sell all the random stuff yeah. you got in your bags from killing monsters. It's all the trash that you got was also bad so yeah it's <laughs> it was really really fucking bad one of the things i also talked that people talked about was kind of funny was there was no 
the in the in terms of the graphics, there was no real like personalized lighting system in the game. So when you walked into buildings, no matter what side the sun was facing, if you were in building, you cast a shadow based off of where the sun was, even though you're in a building. Like it's stuff like that. It was just yeah. Is is yeah. There's oh, there was it was a nightmare. I, just, I just remember playing it for a while, and I was just like, yeah, no, this is gonna be way. I heard too a story fucking... once about that game that like the vegetation in the game was causing games to crash because. Like the way it was rendered or something, yeah. like the backgrounds were like weirdly computer intensive or something. Yes, it was super intensive. It it it, it was one of those games that came out that was more demanding than yeah. it should have been. It was really bad. Yeah. So combine that with a lot of other, like I said, just fatigue systems and things like that. Like you like the so in the game you can teleport from place to place yeah. using money. But in there, you would literally use what was called like a life force anima, and that's what you would use to pay for it. But you could only generate so much anima at a time before you were just kind of fucked. So you had to literally walk everywhere else if you were spent out. So. I'm not going to lie, I thought you said life force anima, and I'm like, that'd be a far more interesting system. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's, it's just a lot of bugs and a lot of problems. So. Hmm. Yeah, anybody who's talked to about it, 2.0. Of uh, Final Fantasy fourteen is better in every every sense of the, of the way. So cool. So mm. rewinding a little bit to the email I mentioned that kind of has a reference that we just talked about. Boy, if I would get that out of the way, because we got so many about them. This one comes in from <laughs> Nathan. Uh, Dear Wicked Awesome Cast, last week Charlie attempted to justify his return to Anthem as preparing for change. And why, as we all know, he's a man of truly appalling taste. This did make me realize that as much as I hate to admit it, I will also give a game a second chance, second and third chances if there was originally something that I enjoyed at the devs' promise to make it better. Anthem aside, do you three have any good stories about returning to a game that you have fallen off to be of because you've heard either either a big change is coming or had already happened? Also, can we get some stories from Alex about what it's like to come about coming back from Final Fantasy fourteen after the changes? That got glossed over. I really want to hear about what that experience was like. We already covered that part, mm. I think. So uh it's gonna sound weird, but Destiny two. I was all I, I was all <laughs> yeah. tapped out of Destiny two after year one, and then they said, Yo, we're changing the weapon systems, and I'm like, Okay. And then they changed it. Alex got text from me being like, This weapon system is so fucking good. Yeah. See, and I had no context yeah. for that. I didn't start playing Destiny 2 until literally it went free to play. Which was yeah. after year one, basically. Uh, I I go back to Warframe every once in a while, specifically to see what's changed. I'm not sure I go back because of the changes, but they occasionally dangle stuff out there. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll go check that out. But That's more of a, I never got that into that game, but enjoy parts of that game, and that stuff occasionally seems cool. I, I guess I kind of mentioned this before, but I mean, more recently, just hopping back into Terra after several months and yeah. seeing them once again completely overhaul what's arguably a major part of the system of any MMO, which is crafting. Crafting is always going to be a part of an MMO, and they completely, completely over, you know, redid, redid it like it's utterly different than it was before. And that's not a bad thing because it was way overly complex before. Uh, though I have a lot of time spent in that, that's I guess not 
useful or wasted now, but it's better. And crafting is decent again. Now it does now it's not just like a pain having to harvest literally like six different types of things and then within those things different things like with different classes of those and types of those all right well i'll just i'll give a little little example here it used to be you had to have runes and like material and like other raw materials and some raw materials could be made into other raw materials like or into other base materials i should say like some but some things had to be made from the base material, while other things had to ma- be made from a refined version of that. So you end up with, like, three different versions of a base material, as well as these runes and uh, sure. multiple types of runes that had to be used. It's just, it was a headache keeping track of all this. I mean, it filled up my my bank, like, my, my separate, uh, which is your, you know, your separate sort of inventory. Oh, sure. And now it doesn't. And now it's just it's just way simplified. It's like it didn't need to be that complex. I mean, I guess in one case it did make you have to go all over the world to find some stuff, but you still do to a certain extent now. Now you just start having to there's less refining of refining of refining stuff and less and and more just collect and then make it. And that's better. Is the refining and just having to make weird decisions on, well, if I'm going to make this, I have to leave that in that form. But if I want to make this, I have to refine it. And it's just like, uh, stupid. But yeah, way, way, way better now. And so, yeah. And that honestly made me want to play it, at least take part in the, uh, in that again, in the actually, you know, making some stuff now again, after I had been like, oh god, I'm tired of this, I'm not going to make anything else ever again, because it's such a pain in the ass. Um, I'd say, uh, I came back to Fantasy Fantasy Star Online, like, I I had, like, spent early time in it, then much later time in it, after, like, they came out with the, like, the episode, uh, you know, basically the Blue Burst, which was sort of the uh, new episode three and four, basically combined of a uh, best online. And that was a massive change too. So, um, uh, other than that, I'm, but I mean, I can't think of a case where that was like a, uh, fantasy, you know, final fantasy 15. That was a case where it was like, I had heard about a big change and that made me want to come back to it. I'm trying to think nothing's, really coming to mind uh, i'd have to think about that for longer honestly but yeah. i know there's been games i haven't checked out until like people like change their buzz on them mm. and i'm trying to think of what that game is um i know it's happened a bunch yeah same i mean where i've heard something well okay oh the metro franchise mm. oh yeah okay yeah that's a great fucking example because that first game yeah because like that first game was cool, but the whole like inventory system and stuff was bad. And then the second, and then like X, um, the Redux editions came out where they went back and applied the superior kind of item management system from the second game to the first one, but you could still play the first game in like survivor mode, just had better interface. And like that went from making that game kind of this like, oh, I like the game, but it's only okay. I can't recommend it to. If you like survival horror games, why the fuck haven't you played Metro? Hmm. 
But yeah, I, yeah, I think that's a good example. Um, yeah, I just nothing really comes to mind right now. Nothing stronger than that. Hell front. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think actually, in a way, I had that experience with WoW because I left WoW for a while. I was gonna say your perpetual one is WoW. Yeah. Like that's so I don't know that's an abusive relationship with no end in sight. Um, I, 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 well, for a while, it was actually kind of backwards because, like, I left WoW, um, to play, like, Star Wars The Old Republic, and I did that for a good chunk of time, and then I also did Wildstar, if you remember that. I do remember Wildstar. I wish Wildstar still existed. I know. It was, it was really well done. Uh, it's a shame it didn't do as good as it did, and now it shut down and all that, but, um, I did return to Wildstar after a while. Um, because like I was just kind of trying it out to see what it looked like, and I know they had made some improvements as far as the leveling experience goes and the UI and questing and whatnot, and it it, it felt okay. But I think at that point it was a little too far too late, especially considering their angle was we're not your dad's MMO, we're hardcore like old school WoW. And the thing is, a lot of people are tied to the nostalgia of it being old school WoW and not the grindiness and mechanics of it. So, yeah. Um. No, and to your point, though, too, there is not an MMO made in the last 10 years that has not announced, yo, we're going free to play, I have not played. Yeah. That will make mm. me try an MMO almost instantaneously. Often to watch that game die, but, like, you remove that monthly subscription and barrier to entry. Like, hell, I will pay, like, the money to get the game so long as there's no monthly subscription. Yeah. Yep. Um, another one that I actually left for a while and then came back to, and it was exactly the same, was good old Matrix Online. Mm. Not a lot of change other than them barely progressing the story. Yeah. Oh yeah, I just thought of one, Guild Wars. Ooh, I have returned to Guild Wars 2 a few times. Mm. And it was because of hearing new stuff about, you know, things that were added and changes, so okay, I guess that's one case where it's kind of similar for me. Yeah, I like that. I like Guild Wars 2. I'm glad I bought it. I'm not, but it's fine. I never found a class in that game I liked. They've added a few more. Yeah, they still added one I think looks cool. I, I don't know. I can only commit to one MMO at a time, and that one right now is Terra. I can never commit to any MMO, it seems, except Destiny. So, I guess Destiny is basically an MMO, really, isn't it? I, yeah, and I'm looking at that Outriders game they just announced going like, oh, I'm going to play you, and then I'm going to drop you, because <laughs> your armor looks dumb. <laughs> and honestly, Destiny armor looks pretty badass. There's a lot of it that looks pretty cool. No, it's just cooler than, like, oh, I got a better leather jacket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hunter armor sucks compared to the other classes. I like I like the Hunter armor I have. I think what it- it's okay. I, it's I hate that a lot. It's asymmetrical. Mm, no, I I guess that's what I like about it. <laughs> I think it looks cool. Yeah, doesn't look bad. I guess and it has but, yeah and it has cloaks, which is cool. Yeah, I I, I will always get caught up in the fact that Destiny One had some just fucking badass cloaks. I would love to see come to D two. Mm. Like, the Scion cloaks you could get were pretty cool. They were just, like, glowing light cloaks. Mm. They were transparent. It's, yeah. Regardless. Next email? Sure. All right, this is our last email. Um, 
your Wicked uh, sorry, Wicked Awesome cast. Last week, someone said something about traditional Valentine's Day gift of beef jerky, and I suspect the answer is yes, but I need confirmation if biltong is an acceptable alternative. I'm going to pronounce my butcher your name pronunciation. I apologize. Um, Amelie, uh, Jonasburg, uh, Johannesburg, sorry, South Africa. We have a South African listener? That's awesome. Apparently, I'm going to go check the map. <laughs> Do you say Biltong? Uh, Biltong. And uh, as the originator of the traditional Valentine's Day gift of beef jerky, hell yeah, Biltong is an acceptable alternative. Why wouldn't the better version of beef jerky be the acceptable alternative? Mm. <laughs> I am not familiar with this thing. Biltong is, I think it's, it might be South African specifically. I don't know. Um, I, 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 I know, I know it's the, it's the African equivalent of beef jerky and where beef jerky is kind of like thick slabular strips of beef jerky. Biltong is like light, almost shredded equivalents of and they have lots of herbs and spices in it so it's got kind of aromatic effect to it and however it's cooked it is fucking amazing like I, if beef jerky is the traditional valentine's day gift biltong is the equivalent that like you use to get out of forgetting valentine's day or something <laughs> like you want to show someone how much you love them you show up with a bag of biltong in this metaphor like it's like, oh, I could have gotten you beef jerky, but I sprang for biltong. And they're like, oh my. <laughs> biltong is what you bust out when you're trying to trick your uh, partner into, like, doing some weird kinky sex shit they haven't done before. <laughs> that's, that's what you, that, that's the cured meat you bring out when you're trying to be like, I, I love you so much, baby, but tonight I want to do things different. Oh, I don't know. Here's some biltong. <laughs> and they go, oh, I guess because there's biltong, I'll try this. It's a funny bit. I so uh, uh, what what's his name? Um, like his name now. The the new guy from the Daily Show has a thing where he had like a pound of biltong in his backpack when he was coming back from going to South Africa for like going home for vacation, essentially. And fuck, what's his name? Trevor Noah. Mm. And you can't bring it through customs, so it's him basically over a garbage can, like pounding a pound of like a large bag of biltong kind of thing <laughs> because there's not a chance in hell you're throwing that shit out and he's like and people in the industry, like that know what he's talking about like hell yeah you did that and he's like yeah it's biltong you're not throwing that shit out i'm like i don't listen to this going like man is smart man made the right choice in this scenario <laughs> you put it you, you smuggle that biltong into the country in your stomach <laughs> <laughs> You don't throw that shit. I'll throw out some beef jerky, but Biltong, that shit goes bad. It's a goddamn tragedy. <laughs> if you're of the meat-eating variety and enjoy beef jerky, you should track down Biltong. It is... I learned about it from the show Duck Dynasty, and I regret that being where I learned it from. <laughs> but it's the only good thing. Knowledge of Biltong is the only good thing that show has put out in the world. It taught people of the grandioseness of Biltong. Like, Biltong is fucking amazing. And uh, high-end stores will now sell it in the U.S., which is awesome. You used to have to like, find importing sites to get that shit. Oh, Biltong is so good. So yes, to answer your question, Biltong is totally an acceptable substitute for beef jerky. Did not expect that to go places. <laughs> yeah. I want some Biltong. <laughs> I have some in the house, actually. <laughs> That's it for emails this week. Thank you all for writing in. 
Yes, thank you, everybody. <laughs> WickedAwesomeCast at gmail.com. Send us more questions about cured meat. <laughs> How is the fancy jerky, by the way, Alex? How much have you gotten through? I have not eaten any of it yet. Mm. It's been a week. How the fuck is there any left? It's the traditional <laughs> Valentine's Day gift of jerky. <laughs> I, I don't know. I get having like chocolates left over, but jerky? Yeah, I haven't really eaten a lot yet. You're in a house full of dangerous animals all by yourself, befriending a Roomba. How is there beef jerky left? How is there jerky left, Alex? Uh, I don't know. I just haven't eaten it. <laughs> I've never been more disappointed in you. I'm not going to lie. Like, this is, this is some new low. <laughs> of course he makes puns. He lets beef jerky sit around. Goddamn right. Updating the list of monsters, people that don't eat beef jerky in a timely fashion. <laughs> That's it for this week. Anyone got anything to say before we close it out? Uh, no, I don't have anything. I'm fair enough. I'm good right now. Yeah, um, I'll yeah, I'm starting to get back on the social media again. I just just didn't really have anything to post, but yeah, um, and I and I you know dip my toes in it with my post valent post Valentine's chocolates. So yeah. But yeah, I, I, I made a real post on Twitter for like the first time in years the other day. Yeah, so yeah, I am Kraken Zero on social media. That's Z E R Zero. So that is me. And if you see a Kraken Zero in like wandering around in a in <laughs> Destiny Two, that's me. That's definitely me. He's one of the nine Stadia players right now. Yep. <laughs> Though now I have played on the I, I went and played on the G Force now as well. So. But yeah, that that is that is me. Yeah, or if you see somebody on Steam in general, that's a a Steam game in general. That's Kraken Zero. That's definitely me. So, cool, cool. <laughs> right. You got anything? No, I. The Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater documentary comes out this upcoming week. Apparently, so I'm pretty excited for that. Ooh, Ooh. Uh, this is intriguing. I it's. Yeah, I guess breaking news, Tony Hawk Pro Skater's documentary premieres the week this episode goes up, so go check that out. It's called uh, Pretending I'm a Superman. Hmm. Is the soundtrack done by Goldfinger? Uh, it's a reference to that, I think. Because hmm. that was one of the big takeaway tracks from that game's track list. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's it, then. I think we're, I think we're good, guys. Another, All right. another podcast of Once- use in the books. Who wants to close it out? You the matter!